0: Toto, I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore.
1: You're listening to Out of Oz, a podcast from Building 28 Church.
2: Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. The Great and Powerful has spoken. Who are you? Oh well, I, I, I am the Great and Powerful. Wizard of Oz.
0: Welcome to Out of Oz, a podcast of Building 28 Church, where we address the fantasies and fallacies of modern Christianity with courage, conviction, and compassion. I'm your host, Peter Tragos, and joining me as always is the pastor of Building 28, Aaron Curran.
1: Well done, man. Well done. I'm really excited for this one. Um, And I'm really excited for these guests. Uh, First of all, we have Tabby Griffith, who's who's one of my favorite people. Oh, thank you. She's awesome. uh, uh, The uh, wife of one of our pastor elders. And um, I don't, I don't really know much else about you.
2: Well, Tabby. you'll find out. Mother of That's three, it. mother of <laughs> <laughs> three, yes. yeah,
1: of three, mom three.
2: Excited to be uh, here.
1: Yeah, and uh, and Deshawn Cousins, who is our new pastoral resident, came over from across the state. Uh, I know a, a little bit more about Deshaun, even though I've probably hung out with Tabby more. But uh, I know that Deshaun hates coffee, <laughs> loves basketball, loves the Boston Celtics, the New England Patriots, fantasy football, yes, cake yes. pops. Eh, Not on that one. (laughs) Not on that one. But they decided to join us today for this uh, first episode in this compelling topic. So
0: So, yeah. So the purpose of the podcast is we're going to deal with things that are going on in modern Christianity and hit some cultural topics and talk about how Christians should deal with them. And the first episode in this episode, the first one we're releasing is going to be on, should Christians celebrate Halloween? So in... In getting to the crux of whether or not we should uh, celebrate Halloween, I want to go around the room and figure out of these three answers, which one would you pick? Which one do you think you agree with? Okay. And take a stance in your life. We're just going
1: to let the cat out of the bag right away.
0: No, it's not. That's what I'm saying. That's why I'm starting with this question. Um, Would you ascribe to the philosophy of Christ in culture, Christ against culture, or Christ over culture? Aaron, you can start.
1: Definitely not number two. You want me to start. Yes. You don't don't want to hear from the I'll give them a second to think. That's all. Definitely not number two. Like, Christ isn't against culture. Like, that that was clear from even his day.
0: But but there are people that feel that way.
1: Yeah, but they're wrong. Okay, so... That's fine, but I'm just saying um, there are people that feel that way. They feel that way because of a view on worldliness, which I'm sure we'll get to in the course of this conversation. They have this view on worldliness that is very materialistic and is, is very external instead of an internal, which I believe that scripture teaches worldliness is an internal reality of the soul um, that manifests itself externally, but it isn't primarily external. And so I would definitely not think that Christ is against culture. And I think it's also important not to derail your questions, but to define what we mean by culture. Because if we're talking about culture as a system of this world and evil itself, then Christ, of course, is against that. Sure. But if we're talking about society in general and the norms of society and what society celebrates and in different cultures around the world, Christ wouldn't be against that.
0: Right. I don't think culture is bad at any time today or in biblical times. Culture you know, I think in general is Christians not that,
1: Who would, who would, sure. if, you, if they hear culture, they I agree. think. Worldliness and compromise and evil and and so that's not even my culture and so I don't think that Christ is against culture. As far as Christ, I would actually believe in one and three. Like Christ is over culture in the sense that He is the sovereign; Uh, nothing escapes Him. There's nothing that surprises Him where He's like, "Oh, I I didn't see this coming." You Mm -hmm. know, down the historical pipeline. At the same time, I think that Christ, like that Christianity, is supposed to engage the culture and and meet in the context of the culture and so. Um, ministry for us is going to be—it's going to look differently here in our church in Clearwater than it looks for my friends who are in downtown Jacksonville or for my friends who are over in, you know, in the UK or where, wherever it might be. Like, it's going to look different. Like, you know, if you you go to a different culture, whether it's in the United States or elsewhere, it's just going to look different. And so we take the message—the uncompromised message of Christianity. And we engage the culture with that. And so I don't know if that's what you meant by by one and three, but that's how I would see it. I certainly wouldn't ascribe to the belief that Christ is against culture. Neither would I ascribe to the belief that Christ is under culture, meaning that that culture reigns over Christ and that Christians need to compromise the foundational elements of Christianity and the gospel in order to engage the culture. Now we have nothing to engage culture with.
2: Right, Tabby. Well, yeah, if you look how Christ, you know, how he lived his life when he was here on earth, he was, you know, with the people, doing what the people were doing. He was not completely going against and being above. And I feel like that's how he was relatable and built relationships with people. And a lot of times, I think when Christians completely separate themselves from the world and they take it, you know, literally like, I can't do anything of this world, that's what makes a lot of times Christians awkward and
0: unrelatable. Yeah.
2: And so there's just so many things about Christianity that can be just weird and cheesy. And I feel like making yourself relatable and a real person is going to ultimately be how you can build those relationships with non-Christians and then ultimately share the gospel with them. And I feel like that is what Christ did when he was here. He you know, built those relationships and he was in the culture and, you know.
0: So you would ascribe to Christ in culture.
2: Probably more so than the other two. But, yeah, I, okay. obviously he's over everything. I mean, so I
0: mean, Marriage Mar- at Cana, right? Like, he was at the party
2: mm-hmm.
1: in That's Gospel of Matthew. He like, was he, the party. He, he, he was yeah, the party, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was at the party. And, and when they came to him, they were like, hey, all the wine's gone. He didn't go yet. It should have never been here in the first place. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's
3: Why a, do you think they came to him? So I would say for the number two, I wouldn't use, but I would say one in three, but doing them both thoughtfully. Okay. So there's ways that we can be in the culture, but not of the culture. And so engaging in ways, finding ways to communicate in ways that it may not make sense. And as Aaron was getting at, in different contexts and different cultures. So for us as believers finding out art, right, what are the issues of our time? What are things that are particular to this culture? And how can we engage in it without being conformed by it? So on that one, but then The over, there is a transcendence to our faith, to our understanding of Christ that usurps any culture and things that we can preach and teach and um, seek to, honestly, see the Lord work throughout um, our culture that are above it. So I would say one in three, but doing them thoughtfully.
0: Yeah. And I think that there's no wrong answers, obviously.
1: Yes, there
3: is. That's why we started. I don't think
0: there is. I think (laughs) if people can have it, I think if people can have a good explanation as to Why we should live against some cultural norms, especially on how they want to define culture. Like you said, if they yeah. want to define it as the bad things of the world or worldly things, then defining that Christ is against culture, I think that somebody could make an argument to that. That's all I'm saying. But from wrong, the way wrong that,
1: argument. But yes, they could.
0: That, that, if that's what you sometimes there's just <laughs> the most right argument. Um, but the way I would describe and think about this is definitely Christ in culture. Um, because I think the other two put Christ outside of culture. And I don't think you can do that. Yes, of course, in the ways that both Aaron and Deshaun described Christ over over culture, I wouldn't disagree with any of that. But when when kind of looking at the question with the three options, why I think the best answer is Christ in culture is for exactly what all you guys said and what the Bible says that we're supposed to be in the world, not of it. This is not our, our citizenship is in heaven, but we live here. And um, we've got a lot of work to do here and you can't do that work if you're outside of the culture and Christ can't penetrate the culture if he's not in it and we're not in it as representation of him. Um, So I think the best answer is Christ in culture with just how I was thinking about it. So I
1: think there's an important distinction that for anybody tuning in and listening, I don't at all equate culture with the world. So when we say in it, not of it, we can say that of the world, that we are not of the world system but we are engaging with with the system of this world like we're kind of combating it. When I talk about culture, I think we're actually of culture, like th- there's certain things that we do that we're not just in culture, like we we live in the in the very culture, kind of of the culture. And I don't see culture itself as bad. I do see biblically like the world and the system of the world is bad. So for anybody tuning in and listening, I think that distinction needs to be very clear that that when scripture talks about the world, it's talking about a system of this world which is internal and exercises itself externally. But when we talk about culture, we're just talking about kind of a societal makeup and what that society values and how that society functions and what that society celebrates. We're not talking necessarily why they celebrate it or why they function that way. And we're talking about culture. I don't so
0: think. what's fun is we have dictionary.com on our phones. Oh, fun. And, words yeah. are important <laughs> and Definitions are important. So Dictionary.com defines culture as the arts and other manifestations of human intellectual achievement regarded collectively, the customs, arts, social institutions, and achievements of a particular nation, people, or other social group. My answer stays exactly the same with that definition of culture. I I think that I I would consider the world and culture interchangeable personally. Um, I think you can define it many ways, which is why I think explaining your answer is always most important, but I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're going with. I would still disagree that we should be of culture. I do think we should be salt and light and noticeably different in the majority of cultural aspects and getting to the one we're talking about today is Halloween. Let's do it. So I guess I think the best way to start off is We'll start with Deshaun and Tabby, whoever wants to jump out first. What is your kind of thought of the first thing you think of when you think of Halloween?
2: I mean, I think of it as a great time. Like, it's a fun okay. night where you can get your kids all dressed up. I mean, I do think it's a lot more fun being a mom now. Like, I like to say you're it. like
0: mom mode for sure, right? Yeah, That's where I liked it started. It, it was like it growing was, up, yeah. but now
2: being a mom it's just a different experience a night of building memories being with friends being around your neighbors and so like my initial thought of halloween is like yes i love it and like for a all the good, good ta- things yeah. you know joy surrounding it
0: hmm.
3: so for me when i first think of halloween i just honestly think of it as another day on the calendar okay. so it's it doesn't have as great of a significance so for me growing up we didn't celebrate it it was more Like We would go out knowing candy's out there, but it wasn't anything like personal or celebratory. Why didn't you celebrate it? So for us, my mom, so family's from Jamaica, and so on my mom's side of the family, a lot of Halloween and things dealing with the dead is more so looked at in a negative light. So more so from a Pentecostal background, so it's considered the Devil's Day and things along that lines. And so though... We weren't instilled with it to that degree. I think mom just never made an importance of it. So it was, all right, time to get candy, time to hang out with friends, but it was never a celebration, shall I say.
0: Okay. And Aaron, instead of hearing what you first think about it, I'd rather hear about the actual origins of Halloween as our jump off point as to what the actual origins are, because yeah. I think a lot of people do kind of have that first thought as Deshaun's mom, maybe, or you know, a lot of people in... Lots of different churches think it's the day of evil, the day celebrating the devil,
1: yeah.
0: et cetera, et cetera.
1: Growing up, you did not celebrate Halloween. Your family didn't celebrate.
2: Well, I was allowed to dress up. I was allowed to go to fall festivals that our church would was, put what on. What was your
0: favorite costume? Were you only allowed to dress up as like Mary Magdalene? Or uh, No, okay. it wasn't that extreme. Mary
2: Magdalene was a
1: bad person. <laughs> so, so.
2: <laughs> my favorite costume was... When I was three, I was obsessed with The Wizard of Oz. I literally told everyone my name was Dorothy for a year straight. You're perfect for this and podcast. She named the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> my mom handmade me a Dorothy costume. Oh, that's nice. Handmade my ruby slippers. So she dressed up as Glinda. I was Dorothy, and um, I loved that costume. And so she saved it. And Isla, my. She's six now, but Isla wore that when she was two. Our whole family dressed up like the Wizard of Oz, and that was such a great memory. Like just the nostalgia of awesome. like I was that, and now my daughter gets to be that. And I think so you family kind of celebrated
1: too. Halloween growing up.
2: So it was we were allowed to go to fall festivals. It was never you know associated with the never
1: used the H word. Ooh.
2: Um, yeah, kind of okay. like that. So, um. I remember going to events at churches and it, they still did the same thing where like you'd walk around to each station and they'd give yeah. you candy, but I was never allowed to trick or treat. So I remember, which I think this is so funny, but my mom would drive me to her friend's houses and I could trick or treat on their doors and that was okay. <laughs> That's but weird. not, you know, with like groups of people, that which is it's really just funny. Were like, you
1: ever told, like, did your parents or your church ever tell you this is why we don't use the word Halloween or celebrate? But. No. Okay.
2: No, it wasn't like that. Now, but
1: I think that was pretty indicative of like, I mean, you're much younger than I am, but of the 80s and 90s is it was much more about like what we did and what we did not do than why we did and didn't do. And that's something new in society that's kind of emerged with this generation is why we do stuff. And so I, I, think, know. I
0: feel like my mom told us like, yeah, we but that, I think that was more treat. rare.
1: Like, according to sociologists, that okay. was more rare in the 80s and 90s is for parents. It was more so like, don't do this. Why? Because I told you like that was the excuse. It mm-hmm. wasn't like an explanation of. And so I think it is important if we're going to actually uh be biblically and intellectually honest around this question of can we celebrate it? To talk about why, and part of the why is the history of it, like right. the origin, like you said. And so that's what I wanted to hear from Tabby, and and I would love to hear Deshawn, even even yourself, because I think you dressed up as like a pencil or something. That's probably
0: yeah. my that might be my favorite costume I've ever worn. Is a it was a number two pencil, a number two a, pencil, yeah, with an eraser hat. Why I remember that, that man? It, it was awesome. awesome. It was pretty epic. And I need to see the a picture, picture Yeah, I'm For gonna sure. try to get a picture so they can. Post I was much like Tabby. Podcast.
1: Like I I grew up. Very conservative church, Baptist church, and Moses was my favorite costume. Did you have
2: to be a Bible <laughs> character?
1: I'm pretty sure I was David one year, Moses one year. I don't remember. It was no no, one, same could, costume each no time. one could be Jesus because that was wrong. And yeah. no one could certainly be the devil. And you could never
0: be Samson. So they probably wouldn't pick that one I, for you. I could,
1: I could have been back in my college days. No <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, no. Uh, no, we had Moses was my favorite because we made like the little Ten Commandment yeah, yeah. tablets with spray paint, a lot of accessories and for and the Moses. cotton beard and the staff. And anyway, so. Halloween, there's a lot of disconnect throughout history on where it came from and how it correlates to how it's arrived today. But the earliest origins are actually from before the time of Jesus in a Celtic festival known as Samhain. That's how it's pronounced in the Gaelic. And Samhain was, uh, was celebrated the evening of October 31st through the evening of November 1st. And it was a it was really the beginning of the Celtic calendar for the new year. Um, it was the end of harvest season. It was heading into the cold, dark winter months. And it was believed by the Celtics that that on that date of Samhain, that's that festival and celebration, the uh, there was a door open between the spirit world and our world. And so there were interactions that would take place. And of course, through that, because there was so much fear, customs began to emerge. And so from Salwyn came like the jack-o'-lantern, for example, um, a, around supposedly a legend of a guy named Jack who made a deal with the devil. And so God wouldn't accept him to heaven, but then the devil didn't want him back. And so he was left to haunt the world. And so out of, it was turnips. Now it's pumpkins. People would carve the jack-o'-lantern to scare away Jack, this, this guy, um, or Dressing up in costumes that was to trick the evil spirits during Samhain, um, and that emerged more so throughout the centuries. So, children and even adults would dress up in costumes so that it was almost like a disguise. So, when these spirits entered into our realm, they would not be able to recognize you and it would trick them and and confuse them. Going door to door was called souling, where they would actually move, uh, like uh, it wasn't just children, it was adults as well. They would go, they would ask for in exchange for. Prayers on the porch for protection during this time of Samhain. The people inside the home would then give them bread, like a sweet bread of sorts. And so, a lot of customs that we've adopted today kind of emerge from Samhain. Now, when we talk about, it's interesting that you started out and that wasn't scripted the the conversation on Christ in culture or Christ against culture and whatnot, because historically the church and and just to be clear, up until the 11th century, there was only one church. And so Catholic means the universal body of Christ. So it was only one Christian church, even though it became compromised through the centuries. But the church kind of took a position typically, of course there was always sects and branches, but they took a position that we were supposed to engage culture and we're supposed to actually redeem um, that which is pagan in culture and make good use of it. And so when they came to the Celtic festival of Samhain and how it had kind of begun to infiltrate different pockets of Europe, Many Christians said, including the church itself, uh, as an entity said, let's make the most of this of this day. And so um, in the fifth century is when it really began. They began to celebrate what was called All Saints Day on November 1st. It was to recognize saints who had died and kind of memorialize them and you know, Obviously, we don't believe in this as Protestants biblically, but they would pray to the saints, but they'd also just remember the saints. And uh, and then All Souls Day, I believe, is November 2nd. And so October 31st became kind of replacing Samhain, at least in Christianity, became um, All Hallows' Eve or the day before All Saints' Day or the abbreviated term, which is not really an abbreviation for us, is Halloween. And so that's what it became known as. That's how it was celebrated. It really took root, began in the fifth century, really took root around the ninth century and and progressed from there. And so everything that we've kind of adopted has come from much of it has come from Salwen or from how the church has tried to take that originally original Celtic festival and say, let's repurpose it to engage the culture on this day to make the most of gospel efforts and and glorifying Christ.
0: So hearing that as like the origin or history of Halloween, Tabby and Deshaun, did you know that? And does that affect kind of how you think about Halloween?
2: Well, I knew that because I researched it before coming <laughs> into this podcast. Yes. So, um, but I also learned that there's so many other things that we do in our culture that also have, you know, pagan origins. So like, did that
0: affect at all when you were doing the research yourself or hearing it now? Does it affect at all how you think about Halloween?
2: I think the same about it okay. after knowing that. But like you were saying, like taking the good, you know, from that and celebrating that, restoring it
1: and but we're we're not carving jack-lanterns to keep away jack.
2: No, no. it's just well, some
1: <laughs> and, uh, and 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 to be fair, part of Salem was a and and it still is to this day, especially among um Among witchcraft and occultic practices, it is a time to where they believe the doors open to communicate most vigorously with the dead. And so that there is definitely still to this day. It's not just an origin, but Mm -hmm. to this day it is used. You go to Salem, Massachusetts, for example, around Halloween, and it's not just candy and parties and costumes there. There's a lot of and that's just one example. There are many pockets of that that goes on um, where evil is very present and is very real. Um, The occult is much very much so on this plane. I can't wait till the podcast we talk about demonic monarch activity. That's gonna be fun. But anyway, that that does go on around Halloween.
3: And so I would say for me, so I I did know similar to like Tabby, I started to do my research on it um, to learn a little bit more of the origins, and so saw some of the redeeming things that the Catholic Church did earlier on with it. And so for me, which I think I'll probably be the different one out of the group was we don't presently celebrate Halloween. So. Me and my wife, which we can get into in a little bit, um, we chose not to. But and you I have a
0: you have a daughter, right? Yes. So okay.
3: that, and honestly, that's actually what made us come to the conclusion not to celebrate okay, it. Okay,
0: let's talk about that. Um, now.
3: So okay, so I guess so we'll th- get you, into this that, is the then. meat, baby. <laughs> let's <laughs> get into it. So the reason why we don't presently celebrate Halloween, but also don't come to the conclusion that nobody can, and I think that, that it's if sinful. Yeah, no, no. So we don't come to the conclusion right. that it's sinful. Um, so the reason why for us is so my wife is families from Puerto Rico. And so a lot of their background and origins is um, in a religion called Santeria. And so Santeria, if you don't know, it's similar to what the Catholics did is it has Catholic um, kind of tones of it of saints worship and there. Depending on who you speak to, um, there's a lot of witchcraft in it. And so the particular form that a lot of my wife's family practice had to deal with um, the witchcraft element of it. And so a lot of these holidays and things like that, like halloween and day of the dead and things along this nature um have a lot of those tones for us and so because of that while my wife's background we chose not to with our daughter but we're not against fall festivals and things along that nature but just particularly in halloween and the way that we view it and see it the association more so yes is
0: it kind of just like you don't see a reason to celebrate it so you don't not necessarily that you think it's wrong but you don't feel the 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 need to celebrate it.
3: Yeah, we we don't feel the yeah, we don't feel the need. We don't feel like the gain of having that time of the celebration is worth it, at least for us, particularly with our family, yeah. um, especially with our daughter.
0: So then the question begs, what is the the reason that Christians even should celebrate it or, or should we not? Is it is there no good that comes from it? Or what good and what redeeming or edifying um outcome happens when Christians celebrate halloween
1: i mean i feel like first we have to address is there prohibition against it okay because if we're even going to to arrive at the how can we celebrate it and should we celebrate it the first we have to answer the question should we not celebrate it like is there a biblical prohibition against this um and so the origin of halloween the association of halloween the the worldliness factor of halloween these are all things that people bring up and i think there's legitimacy to some of those right Um, like Tabby hinted at, there are many things that we celebrate today, holidays and birthdays. And I mean, there are many cultural things we celebrate days of the week. Like we're meeting here on a Thursday, which is named after the God Thor, but none of us are shouting out to him when we call this Thursday, like we're just not doing that. And so it's called, and you guys might've researched this, but it's called the genetic fallacy where you, you, you. Discredit something from history just because of the origin of it, mm. um, just because it had an a, a dark origin or a pagan origin or a sinister origin, and I see this inconsistency. If we can talk real, because we're addressing the fallacies and fantasies of Christianity, I see this inconsistency. I think we all do. With so many of my friends who celebrate Christmas, which has even darker and more pagan roots than w- with the worship to the sun god or Easter, um, but yet refuse to celebrate, you know,
0: Halloween. And so, well, I if, do think that. Well, my question was going to be: Was the difference? There is a difference, though, as well. you well, there, there is a difference there for are sure. Obviously, like Jesus reasons to celebrate Christmas and Easter that are harder to connect to Halloween. Is all I'm saying.
1: Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe. Well, um, but- <laughs>
0: <laughs> Go ahead. I'll take that argument. No. Right? I mean, that no, yeah, no, they're, they're definitely easier to connect. Now, if you're if you want to talk about whether it's the right day or time of year or whatever to celebrate those things, I do think that historically there have been. More Christian connection yeah. to, and I think and we can, maybe, maybe we need that modern when day. we answer
1: the flip side, the converse of the question of should ahead. we celebrate and how should we celebrate. But I don't think that there is logical consistency. I think I it's very, a very sure. difficult to arrive at because of the origin of Halloween. We shouldn't celebrate that, which which some Christians are like they're adamant that we're not going to do that. But I, I don't see how you can arrive at that. Uh, and how you 're going to be consistent across the board and just in in society and culture, especially in the United States, um when it comes to association, I definitely get that, and that there are people, especially in the church, but even outside the church, who view it as a very dark day as a as a very occultic laced um connected to evil connected to evil. And I, I get that. I get the distraction element where some people will say, I don't, I don't do it because it's a distraction from just just like Christmas is, it's, it becomes all about Santa, or it becomes all about the gifts. Halloween can become all about the candy and all mm-hmm. about the costumes and distract us from what we're about as Christians. So I get that. And that's a that's a, something else we'll talk about in a second when we come to should we celebrate it, um, Do we have a, a clear conscience to do that. But I don't see any prohibition against it biblically, against celebrating the day, obviously, obviously. If anything that distracts us from Christ, we have a prohibition to to, to refrain from that. We, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a strong command to refrain. So that can be any liberty that we have. If it distracts us from Christ and it places Christ second or third or, or whatever position he lands in and we're not worshiping him, we're not utilizing that liberty to worship him. Then we shouldn't go golfing, and we shouldn't drink alcohol, and we should take shouldn't, it easy.
0: Okay, okay. Hey, I'm just saying <laughs> on I'm, the golf. I've been, <laughs> I pointed at you as
1: and tabby with alcohol. Okay, <laughs> so take it easier. No, right. um, but no, I think that there, you know, there definitely has to be like fantasy football was one of those things for me. Like I've mm-hmm. I've got. Uh, I've been given a hard time over the years for for ceasing to participate in fantasy football. And for me, it was because it became very consuming. Like I have an addictive personality and became very consuming for me. And I found it distracting myself from my ministry, my walk with God, my family time. Like I just, you know, I'm up at 2 a.m. playing the waiver wire and like trying to snag whoever is available. (laughs) You got a bad
0: league. Uh, Yeah, yeah, probably.
1: But anyway, so I think that that principle obviously applies biblically. That if it's something that distracts us from Christ, so if it's Halloween and the festivities of Halloween and the parties and the costumes and the candy and everything else is distracting us from Christ uh, or is, is a weight upon our conscience, then yeah, we should not celebrate it. But as far as a universal biblical mandate, you cannot celebrate Halloween. You cannot participate in Halloween, uh, or it has to be like a fall festival or a or a carnival, or you can't use the word. I don't see any prohibition. In that. Halloween is actually a Christian word. It, like It's a Christian term. It's originated by Christians, um, the term itself. Salwen, no, but Halloween, yes. And so there's no prohibition there. So I, I
0: think that it's important in all the topics we're going to get to that we're talking about specific actions. And mm. whether or not the Bible prohibits specific actions. Exactly. But your purpose and thinking and motive behind those actions is of the utmost importance, obviously. So it goes without saying, as you know, Deshawn's already talked a lot about, the witchcraft and the talking to the dead and all this stuff that is in Halloween, not okay. Yeah. There would be a prohibition against that. So if that's what you call celebrating Halloween, there is a prohibition biblically against that, which yeah. I think you've already dug into a lot what we're talking about more is dressing up trick-or-treating and the reformation part of yeah.
1: so i'm glad you bring up the reformation part because okay. that's, that's a critical piece of what i believe should be remembered okay and celebrated obviously there were winds of reformation the, the church as we talked about earlier became a, incredibly compromised over the centuries incredibly incredibly evil and and greedy and power hungry and um And so a lot of Christians know this who might be listening, but I think it's really important that we keep in mind that there are people in the 14th and 15th century who gave their lives for the true gospel, something that we just kind of take for granted today that we have the liberty to believe, especially here in the West. And then, of course, on October 31st, 1517, Martin Luther supposedly strides to the streets of Wittenberg. A lot of historians believe it was because it was All Hallows' Eve. And because Christians would be gathering that night to remember. I've never heard that. That was, um, and that, that's why he posted it on the door. Okay. Some historians believe that it's, it's not verifiable. It's not even for sure that he posted it on the door. Right. We know for sure that he wrote the 95 theses, right. um, against basically the, what he called the efficacy of indulgences, but basically it was a, it was a shout out against the practices of the church of that day and how corrupt they had grown. And, um, we know for sure he sent that to Archbishop of Mainz. um, as really as a question, like, should we really be doing this stuff? But that sparked the Protestant Reformation. Protestant revival is really what it was that brought us to where we are today. We owe a lot to that 500 years later, a lot to those actions of Luther and Calvin and Zwingli and and Wycliffe and Huss and so many others. And so I think that's very important. Now, some of my friends who are more conservative, very conservative, um, some family members, they do like Reformation parties. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying we have to go that far, even though it's i'm i'm a historian so it's kind of it's kind of cool like they dress yeah, up like they, they dress up
0: like reformers and right. they eat
1: like strudel and they right you know like they when people come to their house i think they give them out like a little like it's a day celebrate
0: stuff, yeah. of celebrating where you have costumes so, so like i think that i think that we need to remember the the, part, we
1: right? need to remember the reformation we need to remember that we have a historic faith continually i think that's really important and in instructing our kids in that and so if, if you want to have a reformation party i'm Hey, I'm all for it, but um, but what I don't think most Christians today celebrate like the worship of spirits and
0: we're, trying okay. to treat spirits. I think that's but, fair. I think that's but, fair.
1: Um, this is something that's very important. You know, when you study Scripture, both Peter and Paul's writings, they both say that we're free, that we have this freedom in Christ, and this is where I think we err in the 21st century. But they both say to never use our freedom as an excuse for sin. So in Halloween. While I have never, and I've never seen my friends like bow down and worship Lucifer on this holiday, I have been guilty and I've seen friends who are guilty of dressing in a way they would never dress the rest of the year, right? Like using alcohol in a way that they would never typically use alcohol. It's like an excuse. Right. Their liberty to celebrate Halloween becomes an excuse that, that Peter forbids, and I think it's First Peter 2 to not use your your liberties excuse for sin. And
0: that's something that goes across the board like Christmas, With Easter, yeah. New yeah. Year's, you know, whatever holiday you want to say I'm celebrating cuz it's a I'm celebrating God's gifts, but then you take it to that level, then obviously that's where it falls. So by saying, China.
1: "Hey, yeah, there's no prohibition and we can celebrate Halloween. It's not oh, I can dress like a skank now and and I can or I can get lit." Um, you know, whatever, I don't know the words the young people use nowadays <laughs> clearly. But but yeah, clearly. But because that is that is Worship—that is idolatry as much as bowing down and worshiping Lucifer would be. Like it is.
0: Right. There's a lot I want to get to with what you're saying, but first I want to ask Deshaun, Have you and your wife made a decision? Obviously, your daughter's like two, right? Yep. Okay, so we've had we've had this happen. So have you guys made a decision on Christmas, Easter, Santa Claus stuff like that? Have you guys? What What is your decision on that with your daughter?
3: So on Easter, <laughs> we are Resurrection Day um, people. Okay. So yes, yeah, so we don't even use the term Easter. Um, but where we're still in the middle spit when it comes to like um the Easter egg hunts and stuff along that lines. Like if it's there, we're not as opposed to but we're not necessarily seeking it out. Um for Christmas, we're not we're not Santa people. Um What about so, like
0: Christmas trees and candy so, canes and whatever?
3: So and it's kind of like what you were getting at some of the origins. So we don't believe just because the origins are necessarily wrong that it automatically just makes it wrong. And we do believe there can be redeeming qualities to it. So we do have Christmas trees or okay. um, candy canes and things along that nature, but what we try to do with our daughter, because um, even though it's not his exact birthday uh, for Christ, it is a time where we try to help her to focus on celebrating Christ and Him being born, and not on how much stuff she can get. Even at two years old, that's kind of the aim for us. You don't and have desire. to teach him that. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So, what
0: do you see a difference then between your celebrations on Christmas, let's say, versus? your feeling on celebrating Halloween.
3: Yes. So you were getting at it a, a moment ago, some of the the redeeming elements of it. So not looking at only the origin, but as it has progressed through time and what do we present it presently celebrate when we think of Halloween or Christmas. So I believe on both of them, there can be redeeming ways. So our culture will emphasize on Christmas, the gifts and all those things and spending so much money, like starting from Black Friday and leading into it. And so, in that way, we don't want to celebrate Christmas. We don't want God our y'all. daughter to only think of it in that light. And the similar with Halloween, we're not against, like, fall festivals. We've actually, we've had plenty of pictures with her at some of the pumpkin fest and things along the line. So, we're not against any kind of celebration. It's just particular ways in celebrating it that we've just chosen. We're not going to go down that path.
0: What about you guys, Tabby? How, what do you do Christmas, Easter?
2: Um,
1: no holes barred. Everything, right?
2: <laughs> well... I never was taught, you know, to believe in Santa growing up. So I never had that, never sat on Santa's lap. And that's a conversation Jeff and I have had. You know, are we going to do Santa? Are we going to tell them, you know, if they ask, is he real, that he's not? So my oldest daughter's eight, and so far, it's still... In the bag, you know.
0: Like she thinks Santa's real.
2: So we do Santa, but we don't hype it up that, you know, like we don't make a huge deal of it. We go see him at the mall and we don't make a huge deal. And if she ever asks me, you know, if it's real, uh, I've kind of said, well, what do you think? But, you know, I... I don't know. My mom oh, had I just
0: ex- straight up say no. I'm like, he's not real. <laughs> I was like, he's like Why? Mickey Mouse. Well, like, He's like that. Mickey Mouse no. or like I know a know superhero.
2: That's what Jeff and I said we were going to do. If they ever ask, yeah, we're, we're going to say no. But, well, but, but.
1: but if, if your kid asks if Batman's real, what would you say? No. Well,
2: Thank the fact yeah, that I'm I didn't repeating. believe in it when oh, yeah. I was a kid, I feel like I kind of missed out on like part of my childhood. So no, I feel like easy. I want to hold These on to
1: answers it. Are easier as as <laughs> you're wrong. No, they're real in your imagination. That's what we
0: say about Santa. It's real in your imagination. Like, <laughs> <Do> you think <laughs> if your kid could define four of the five words you just said, that'd be great. Real yeah. and imagination. They yes. can't, they can't, like, they There,
1: there is, I think, as somebody who appreciates, Allegorical literature. I think that imagination has been lost a lot in our day. Here we go. I think imagination is something that Jesus drew on a lot through his parables and his teaching. And so I think, I think it's it's good to um, both in adults and especially in children to to engage their imagination and their creativity mm-hmm. and their and their thought processes. And so for me, like no, I don't want to paint that Santa is real, as in as in that Jesus is real, because Jesus right. is not imagined. Yeah. um we are n- we are real like we're not like santa but at the same time i don't want to discredit that that batman is real in the imagination of my children and that santa is real in the imagination. that's how we approach it. i'm not saying everybody yeah, has that's, to
0: now we're getting into like semantics of defining real real in my imagination is not my definition of real but i will say hey. that maverick <laughs> thinks god's the strongest Spoken superhero like a true attorney so, if, if you don't know and you're listening for the first time peter is an attorney so uh <laughs> but let's since we're having some fun Let's now step to the next topic of, Tabby, let me ask you. Are you trying to ruin every holiday? <laughs> we're, getting, we're getting back to Halloween. I'm getting this train back on the tracks. All right. If I were to tell you that a, I don't know, 14-year-old kid wanted to dress up like the devil and go trick-or-treating, would you see any issue oh, with that? Oh, boy. Just
2: I don't keep your, keep personally your like that. So okay. we've kind of had it with our children. You know, you can dress up. We're not going to do anything dark or evil. And just this last year, my oldest, Maddie, she keeps bringing it up that like I want to be something scary yeah, Brooke is already and in, I have in, in. told myself like I'm not going to choose what she is for Halloween like she can be what she wants to be but we're not going to be like I don't even want her to be Maleficent because mm-hmm. that is that looks right like demonic to me so you know it's just like how far is too far she's like well what if I'm a wolf like that's not you know well, what is
0: so what is your problem like what is your problem with that if she wants I don't want to associate with evil with
2: evil okay. with dark like Maleficent in particular sure. like that to me was the scariest thing as a child and that looks like satanic to me okay. like with her horns and like it looks just Aaron,
0: don't say a word till i get there's anything man <laughs> i'm just sitting over here <laughs> no, he's
2: like he's like getting leaned up into the microphone no hold on no, no, hold no, no on
0: no, no, no it's worse it's worse all right deshaun what do you how do you feel about those costumes
3: oh the costume um part i'm talking
0: about specifically like devil costumes or like blood coming out of somebody's oh, neck no, no, no. with like
3: so you know i i wouldn't be for them um yeah, no, those. <laughs> so for our daughter, she, we're okay with her doing some of her like she likes princess, so she's big yeah, into Disney.
1: Um, so we don't mind some of those things like that. But so you're against the devil, but not against like self absorption. Oh, <laughs> he, <could've>, he, <laughs> he couldn't last He couldn't <laughs> last like five five sentences without joking. Kidding, like, I'm I'm like, go, really go,
0: go. All right, so. So, yeah, I, I 100% agree. And we've already talked a lot about, like, the motives behind things, the reasons why you do things, if you're going to connect it with evil or, or you know, talk to the dead or do all this stuff, like, that's prohibited. But now let's hear from the pastor on what he thinks about people dressing up like devils on Halloween.
1: Man, I feel like we should name this podcast something else now. I'm, I'm just getting attacked. Um, <laughs> no. So, <laughs> interestingly enough, uh-huh. yeah in, in the wake of the Protestant Reformation, the Reformers taught That on Samhain, uh, All Hallows' Eve, uh, so by that point, 16th, 17th, 18th century, like, costume wearing across Europe had become much more prolific. And so they did teach that um, not only can you, but you should dress up as a devil to mock the devil. Luther contended that Satan hates nothing more than being mocked. Okay. Like, he can't tolerate that. He he can't stand that. Now – this is where I think we engage culture and that culture itself is not bad. I don't see where that was bad in the 16th, 17th, and 18th centuries. Today, I'm not saying that it's bad and evil if you dress up like a devil. I, I can't make that contention, especially if your purpose is to deride evil, if you're going to wear a, a sign around your neck like Satan's stupid or something, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, I do think that there is cultural awareness that has to go on and, and inside the church as well. And I think I do think... And I know that you, so I'm not going to take a hard position that it's wrong. Right. And I
0: was joking to okay. say, like, he thinks it's cool people dress up like that, it, but he is, does have an argument for it. And I'd like to respond whenever you. it is explaining.
1: different. Like if you're dressing up like a witch um, or if you're dressing up potentially, I mean, I don't really want to get into the argumentation of like you're dressing up like a zombie and like right. that's gross. And that's so that's wrong. It's just that there is argumentation that could be made that like when my daughter wants to dress up like Elsa, that that's that's enchanted or that's sure. self-centered or whatever you know so i get there's argument you can kind of make against almost any costume right right some but
0: some more connected some, to evil some than others. Some more connected to say.
1: evil more right. overtly connected to right. evil than others but that's why i wouldn't come down i i, I wouldn't feel comfortable like if spurson's like hey i want to want to dress up like a devil for it's halloween like problem trial, <laughs> the movie, I, I, I want to once you get back to why like why do you want to celebrate halloween like why do you want to dress up as this for Halloween. And I think that's important even for a six-year-old to like right. start to address those questions.
0: And so earlier you said that – I don't remember how you phrased it, but it was something like, I'm not going to go out on a limb, but I don't think most Christians celebrate Halloween today and think they're speaking to spirits or worshiping the yeah. devil. Would you also say that most people that dress up like the devil today are probably not mocking him? Well – no, 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 listen, listen.
1: So, yes uh, no, don't, don't roll yes your is eyes. This is the answer I was
0: looking for. Don't roll your eyes. They're not, <laughs> yes, they're not mocking
1: him, but okay. they're also not siding with him by doing that. I think most people who would dress up like a witch or a devil or something that's more overtly evil, if you ask them why, they wouldn't be able to give you a reason. I think they why. want to be
0: shocking, probably is well,
1: one they, of the Well, they, one they of might answers. say they want to be or shocking. I think they or, look good in
2: that costume. Like, yeah. sure. they yeah, you know? look good.
1: Um, but, but I don't like we had we had a couple of witches at our trunk retreat last year. One of them and was I sent the wicked home <laughs> I sent them on their broomstick. Um one of them was the wicked witch of the West. And okay. th- her entire family is dressed up like Wizard of Oz characters. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was ingenious and awesome. And um, and then there was another witch, and I don't remember who that was or why they were dressed up like a witch. And they just they did that. Is that necessarily wrong? Um I can't say universally there's one standard a prohibition against it because the Bible doesn't say specifically. Um, I know there's an argument to be made: have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, and yet rebuke them, and, and so. But once again, that's ambiguous. It could be applied to a great number of things. And so I think no, that was an A-plus think...
0: effort in deflecting and giving a very well-thought-out <laughs> answer. Uh-huh. I don't
1: I don't think we can universally say dressing up like a, a devil or... And I, I think I can. Okay. And that's mm- fine. And we well, can, not we universally. Can, we can that's a matter of the... conscience and pre- and preference and personal conviction, right? So you would say, like, if Jeffrey's son Jackson dressed up like a devil, that's sin.
0: Yes. Okay. So I wouldn't say that. And that's what I mean by universal. Okay. So... In transition, let's talk a little bit about why Christians should celebrate Halloween, if you feel like sure. they do. I think at least Tabby and Aaron think they do. And I, I probably think I it's don't totally think they fine. should. Okay. I think
2: they could.
0: They could. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk about I don't about think the it's a
2: black and white issue of like you should or you shouldn't. I think like we've said before, you said before, like it's a thing of the conscience. Okay. Like if you're feeling convicted, then of course not. So what are the
0: reasons to celebrate Halloween? I guess that's that's what I'm asking.
3: Well, you were kinda of getting at earlier, Tabby, about engaging with your neighbors, having that fellowship, that time, I think it does give us an opportunity to engage with people. And so that's more of the looking at it from a redeeming, at least for <laughs> redeeming for me, what I'm looking at is it's an opportunity where people are literally coming to your door and so it's a way Definitely. to operate. And then also for us as believers, we can be ways to be generous, to give the biggest candy bar so that people know. Be hospitable. They're, yeah, they're right? really generous over there. or mm-hmm. And if you're going to do it, doing it well in such a way, that you are roping in and bringing in the people around you. So that's some of the least, for me, the the redeeming yeah. ways that uh, we can celebrate Halloween.
2: Like what other day of the year are you going to have all of your neighbors out and being able to socialize and mm-hmm. have those conversations and build those relationships with them? Like,
0: But it's important to be intentional about this stuff too, not just like say, oh good, I can celebrate Halloween because there are all these good things you could do, but I'm not going to do any of them. Yeah. But okay, so anyway, so your neighbors are out, you have the opportunity to engage with them. What else?
2: It's a great, evening with your family with friends right. i feel like building the memories and having that time joy
0: is good celebrating god's gifts good yeah candy good <laughs> it's yeah. fun time You don't eat too much of it right aaron yeah all right what, what would you say what are some some of the the good things about halloween that christians can enjoy on halloween and celebrating it
1: so connected to you know what tabby and deshaun and you know yourself have said uh, it's probably the greatest opportunity for connectivity and evangelism of any day throughout the year. I mean, we live in the suburbs. We have a suburb church here. And so it's different in different contexts once again, but in the suburbs, life revolves around the backyard, the back porch, the back patio. You you disconnect from your neighbors typically. Like, it used to be a century ago, you set out in your veranda and on your front porch and you converse. Now, now it's different. And so we don't have that engagement that we had even even a generation ago. And so the fact that they're coming to our door and that they're out in our neighborhoods, I think that that is something that, like you said, there has to be really rank intentionality around that I'm going to utilize this opportunity on this day, whether I want to celebrate Halloween or not, to, to engage with neighbors and friends and people out and about. So my position, and you know this, and I think almost everybody knows this, um, at least all of you in this room, but if you're prioritizing Jesus and it's not universally prohibited in scripture and you have the liberty in your conscience to do something, then, then there is liberty to participate in that and to enjoy the pleasures that God has gifted to us even post-fall. Candy, uh, conversations, laughter, um, getting dressed up. Having a like, we like to have a Halloween party, and I know that our decorations have freaked people. Sending out in our kids away, crying. yeah, yeah, yeah. it sent some kids away crying when they came to visit. But whatever. Yeah. Um, And I'm not saying that everybody has the liberty to do that once again. I think that's that's an important distinction. If 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 any listener is tuned in and they're like, I don't have the liberty of my conscience to do that because of whatever it is that is prohibiting that then scripture is very clear that we don't violate our conscience. We don't go against our conscience. But if you do have liberty in your conscience and you are keeping Christ as prioritized, whether it's Christmas, Easter, Halloween, I think, I think that Christians should, I don't know if the word is celebrate, but make the most of the day and the holiday itself in that we can show the culture and we can speak into the culture that candy and, costumes and our Halloween party. So much of what we do in our lives, our culture does in our lives is looking forward to the next big thing. And so Halloween will be that next big thing. I'm going to dress my kids up. I'm going to go to a Halloween party. I'm going to steal some of my kids' candy. Like you know, um, And then that day comes, whatever it is, our vacation, Christmas, whatever. There's there's the Christmas blues every year because that that's come and it didn't actually fulfill what was promised. And so if we can speak to our culture around any of these holidays or vacation or festivities, whatever it is, and say, we can enjoy these days because the end goal is not the day. It's not the party. It's not the gifts, not the celebrations, not seeing family at holidays. The end goal is Jesus and his kingdom. And, And as we prioritize him and as we worship him, we can enjoy these days, not for what the world has painted them to be, in, in wickedness, but for what the church has hopefully redeemed them to be for the glory of God and the kingdom of God. That's how I think, you know, Christians should go about, about doing this. And so never an excuse for sin, uh, never an excuse to say things and drink things and and dress up as things that we would never dress up as normally. I don't know about that. Uh, (laughs) I want to mock him, but, uh, but I do think that that Christians should think deeply about how can I engage the culture around me during this time of year, how can I most engage them without compromising the mm-hmm. gospel, without compromising the truth?
0: And and one of the things that, what I was going to say, one of my favorite things about all these holidays and bringing it, circling it kind of back to Christmas and, and Easter and everything as we kind of come to a close today is I have a seven-year-old and a four-year-old, right? We all have small kids here. And I think there's a real benefit to having man-made and even some culturally problematic themes to all these holidays, because it's serious, teachable moments for your for kids, sure. right? Like, like Halloween is a good conversation for me to have, especially with my seven-year-old, that like the devil's also real, right? Like yep. Jesus is not the only thing that's real, and God's not the only thing that's real. The devil's also real, and some people like to celebrate him on this day, and to make it like very clear to her that we don't. Like that's not why we do it. We do it to have fun with our friends, to talk to people, to engage with our neighbors, meet people, make friends, whatever. But remember, you know, some Remember the do.
1: Reformation?
0: Yeah. Mock and the devil? Yeah. And, and the same thing with Christmas though, you know, like how I, we talked about how Santa's not real, whatever, but I always love to differentiate it. Like, yeah, we, we can watch a movie with Santa. We can watch the Santa Claus fine, but like Jesus was actually born today. Yeah. Around this day, whatever, you know, but he was actually born. He actually lived. Yeah. He actually died on the cross and he was dead and then came back to life. The Easter bunny is just like someone cool that, that, ain't gonna give you any candy that's me that gives you candy you know same thing like the presents are from me not from santa you know so it's like whatever but i like to differentiate like what's real and what's like like a Im- imaginary what's what's real in your imagination and what's real in reality i guess but i like to use that all these holidays as a time of differentiation because i think there are people that have problems with holidays across the board if they have any bad origin or any you know problem is with your fantasy any part football team real is it real <laughs> yeah it's made up of real players and real money at the end if that's if that's what you mean so
1: that's what makes it real
0: i don't like actually coach them or like have any control over them i don't know okay. what you mean by real yeah you don't know
1: what i mean by real
0: yeah with your definitions today i could go <laughs> a couple different anyways so so i think it is important as long as the motives behind your celebration of halloween are correct and you use it as teachable moments and um as evangelism and at least building relationships that night i think it can be something that's awesome for christians to celebrate
1: whether you celebrate Halloween or not, to your point, Pete, we should utilize this day and any holiday for that. Any, anything our culture celebrates or does, whether we decide to participate and engage and celebrate or refuse to, we should always, as parents and as Christians, use it as moments for instruction with our kids and with others. So if you're not going to, it shouldn't just be we're not going to, like Tabby was talking about, maybe with growing up or how it wasn't me, we're just not going to do this. Pretending like, it, like it should,
0: something doesn't exist doesn't help anybody. Yeah, yeah, or
1: or not giving them a reason. Like, like, we're reasonable people. We have a reasonable faith. So if we're not going to participate in something, we should be able to explain in a simplified way to our children and explain to friends and other Christians, this is why we are refraining from doing this mm-hmm. in a logical, Christ-honoring way. If we decide to participate, we shouldn't just throw caution to the wind and say, I'm just, I'm just doing it. There should be a reasonable explanation for why we're choosing to do what we're doing as Christians. And I think that that's hopefully a big takeaway for anybody tuning in today.
0: Yeah. And I think that any holiday people say it's, it's hard to find ways or opportunities to evangelize or tell people about Jesus or show people Jesus in their actions. Holidays are the easiest thing ever. Like Halloween, you said, you go out and meet all your neighbors, Easter egg hunts. You see all these people doing Easter egg hunts for candy. Christmas, you have even unsaved or saved family members over your house where like Deshaun said, you can be hospitable and generous and Show Jesus to them. Like these are great opportunities that we act like in American culture. It's so hard to find opportunities to share the gospel. Like these are easy opportunities, so I think we should use them.:
1: It's a great conversation. Thanks to Sean, thanks to Abby. Fun times. And uh, this is the end. Thanks for listening to Out of Odds. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with your friends and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you listen. Out of Oz is produced by Building 28 Church and Podcast Royale. You can find out more about this show and Building 28 by visiting outofozpodcast.com.
0: New episodes drop every Monday and you can get each one automatically by subscribing
2: in your favorite podcast app.